0: Pen Emerging Voices Fellowship is a literary mentorship that provides new writers the tools to launch a professional writing career.
1: Emerging Voices is the most amazing program that allows the writers to develop. It's the
0: opportunity to have my work in the world, to get to the truth of my writing, to know that what I'm writing matters. <laughs> Welcome back to the Pan America Emerging Voices podcast. This is episode 7, and we're here with Irene Suco Soriano. Did I do it right? Suico. Suico Soriano. We had this conversation before we started, and I still messed it up, so okay. my apologies. Um, which is so funny, because we've been sitting here discussing whether Irene was a 2001 or a 2000... Emerging Voices Fellow. And um, there have been uh, quite a few coordinators and program managers uh, before myself, so we could definitely have mistaken it. Um, but Irene's here with us, and Irene is a poet. She's an immigrant Filipina American poet, she's an independent literary curator and shelter animal rights advocate providing resources to aid the rescue of geriatric and terminally ill dogs and cats that enter LA's city and county shelter system. Her poems have appeared in, among others, Philippine Free Press, Los Angeles Times, Solidarity Journal, Flippin', Filipinos on America, Babbling.
1: Oh, Babaylan.
0: Babaylan. An anthology of Filipina and filipina American writers and short fuse, the global anthology of new fusion poetry. Uh, I wanna talk about like putting in the animal shelter stuff, like mish mishmashing that in with your writing. Is that just really uh, just kind of indicative of you as a person and how those two things are intertwined?
1: Yeah, you know, um, I actually got into animal rescue, um, later in my life, but it made sense because I like, you know, the subject of my writing, it always touches on kind of like vulnerable populations Mm -hmm. or vulnerable situations and people and, you know, life stories and animal rescue is all about vulnerable Mm -hmm. populations. Yeah. So, um... Animals have not appeared in my writing as much, and it only did when I actually got into animal rights. Okay. So um, there's a few poems in my book, Primates from an Archipelago, and the title is about, kind of alludes to primates, Mm -hmm. as in monkeys, Mm -hmm. but not because we are also primates. Mm -hmm. But um, there's a few poems there about animals, and, you know, it's akin to the work I do uh, with and around animals. Okay, great.
0: And there's two animals running around
1: Oh, they're uh, they're in the couch. Would you like to talk about
0: your... Would you like to introduce them? We're at Irene's house.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I would love to. I have a 12-year-old Chihuahua, Jack Russell, named Papu, who was rescued uh, by a neighbor of mine when I lived in Silver Lake. She found him running across La Brea. um, And... I would like to say Santa Monica, right by that Target. Okay, yeah. And so she grabbed him and, and brought her, uh, brought him home. And I looked down the street, so she's like, oh, I mean, there's yeah. a cute yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, And so anyway, through that, I uh, adopted him through her. And then I have a six-year-old Max. Um, he's a schnoodle, which is a schnauzer, a combination of a schnauzer and poodle. Mm-hmm. He's very cute. He has
0: a very he's fluffy head. <laughs> it's very cute. I like it.
1: And um, I rescued him from the, is it the West Valley um, Animal Shelter um, after losing my original Max. I also called him Max.
0: Aww. He's Max 2. He's Max 2. Yeah. Max
1: 2.0. Yeah. And um, he's very sweet, very calm. And Papu is very calm.
0: I love it. I love Papu. That's the best (laughs) name. Uh, Okay, so I'm going to go back to your bio. You were a Pan America Emerging Voices Fellow. You need to update that on your website because it still has the old name. And you were featured in the Los Angeles Times for your curatorial participation in the groundbreaking NEA-funded World Beyond Poetry Festival that featured over 100 plus poets from the diverse communities of Los Angeles. So first thing I want you to talk about is um, being an immigrant Filipino-American versus being a Filipino-American.
1: Yeah, so, um, it's basically, okay, basically, I'm Filipino-American, and um, I immigrated here when I was 12, okay. so that makes me an immigrant, mm-hmm. uh, and then if you were to meet somebody who identifies as Filipino-American, they were probably, um, they could have been born here, and they're not immigrants, so okay. um, I choose to point out my status as an immigrant, because you know, um, especially uh, with the administration now and um, all the insane things happening to immigrants and things put upon immigrants, I think it's important to identify and let other immigrants know that, you know, we are out there and we are vocal. And um, I think it's just important to be able to say, we're here. Right. Which is why I identify it. Yeah. an immigrant
0: Filipino-American. Okay, yeah. that's great. Now, let's talk about Evie. Yes. So you were a fellow in either 2000 or 2001. We're unclear. <laughs> uh, also, Irene is clearing out her storage <laughs> unit, so she actually went into her hall and tried to, to investigate <laughs> this situation and could not find the file, which I was like, do you just have these files in your hallway? <laughs> <laughs> So, tell us how you became an Emerging Voices Fellow. How you heard, heard about the fellowship?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, back in 2000 or 2001, <laughs> uh, or maybe the year before, yes. um, I don't think the internet was a big thing back then. It wasn't Not for me. Yeah, so uh, I probably found out about it through word of mouth, mm-hmm. or I read somewhere that um, there was this... Um, uh, fellowship, um, that they were looking for, uh, applicants. Mm -hmm. So I applied that at that time. Um, I think I knew I wanted to go the next step, um, beyond submitting. So
0: you were already submitting.
1: I was already submitting and I'd already been published and I hear the footsteps of my <laughs> <laughs> chihuahua who wants to be carried. So let me carry you oh, right now. now. Okay. Um, so um, I knew I wanted, I was thinking in my head, oh, I want to get published. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Right. Um, and so I'm like, oh, this sounds like a good opportunity because, you know, emerging voices. Yeah. So um, helping the emerging writer. Yeah. That kind and of it was started
0: as an, a, a fellowship for first and second generation writers. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So
1: um, I applied and I got in and it was the best thing ever because also the year before I lost my father, oh. he had passed. And so that was the only sad thing about it is that I couldn't share with him that I got this right. fellowship. Yeah. Um, because I think my parents always thought that writing was like a hobby. Right. Like something to put in my, I remember my mom said, oh, something to put in your scrapbook. Right. Right. And so there wasn't this understanding that it was um, an actual like career path or you know something serious that I could really pursue. Right. Um. So that was some of the th- you know thinking behind the the applying. Right. And um, I applied. I got it, and then I was in it, and I was the happiest person in the world. Okay. <laughs> Do you
0: remember who your mentor was?
1: Yes, very much so. Um. At that point, uh with the program you were able to pick your mentor Okay. and so i knew i wanted um, a poet i knew i wanted a woman of color um and luckily enough uh i was connected um to luis alfaro mm-hmm. the great playwright and most amazing amazing poet and performance artist out there still yeah um but he's an instructor now i think at usc but um, he had released a book with um, Maricela Norte. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I knew I wanted to work with Maricela Norte. Okay.
0: Um,
1: I, I remember going to Mocha because she, she was a staff person at MoCA. And um, asking her, we had lunch in the garden. We had lunch at the garden. Not the garden, but like this, uh, the front portion where their cafe was. And we had the most delightful lunch, and she said yes, and I'm like, yay! And um, so, did you? So, how did that work? Did you do the footwork? Like, you researched yes.
0: her, and then did you reach out on your own yes. to contact her? Okay. Um, well, I, I like the sound of this. It's a lot less work for me. <laughs>
1: I think, um, I think I gave names. Did I give names? And uh, I think they may have had to approve it.
0: Okay. But, that makes
1: sense. Yeah, but, um, I mean, of course I had to go and meet her and stuff. So uh, she's the most amazing mentor, always supportive, you know, always there. And when we would make appointments to meet each other, available. And um, I always felt like she respected me as a, uh, as a writer and, you know, she respected my writing that's for the dog, by the way. <laughs> it's not it's not for me. <laughs> um and uh, it was it was a great mentorship.
0: Oh that makes sense. I think great. at that
1: point in my writing life I needed somebody who um, who was willing to be a positive force in my writing. Right. You know? Uh so that she provided that. So why let's talk
0: about, you know. I think part of what makes Emerging Voices so special is how much FaceTime you get with these, like, people that are published and professional and, like, living the life already. Yes. How do you feel about that? Like, how do you feel, especially now in the digital age where it's so Mm -hmm. easy to, like, only exchange emails or not have FaceTime? Why do you think that's so important?
1: It's really important because when you talk about building, I think for early writers, a community is very important. Mm-hmm. So when you build a community, I think a community needs to be done in person. Right. Um, events, uh, meetings. You have to see the person in front of you because the interaction is very different. Totally. Like we could totally do this yeah. over um, what is it, Google Hangouts? Yeah. But I hey, mean, it's so cool to see yeah. you in front of me. Yeah. You know, um, there's just this um how would you say it? Probably I feel like the there's, intimacy yeah, that's there's, created.
0: And there's like an exchange of energy because, yes. you know, I stepped into this role and of course, like I send emails and I can share people's news. But right. like until I came to the book launch, your book launch for Archipelago, um, I didn't know you. Right. And it's right, just right. like such a different, like yes. it's like you feel supported, I feel supported, all of a sudden we have this kind of like exchange of energy that you right. don't have when you're when you're yes. doing it digitally or over the phone.
1: Yes. And I mean, there's just something about being face-to-face with another person yeah. in a room yeah, somewhere, you yeah. know, um, instead of looking at a screen right. and talking through the screen. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. So w- tell me what your memories are of being a fellow. Like, do you remember where you had your public readings, do you remember, like, what sticks in your head?
1: Yeah, I believe we had our public reading at um, the, the LA Library. Okay, um, downtown. Yes, mm-hmm. and that was really powerful for me because, you know, it, it was a legitimate-
0: Totally. Yeah, it's yeah, a
1: legit space and, you know, you're reading to a group of people. I mean, granted, I've read in many places and um, I put together a lot of readings, but uh, there's a difference between when you're being featured as opposed to uh, featuring others right. or putting something. Being
0: some- MC. Yeah, yeah, putting
1: something together for somebody. So that was really important for me.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, I think there's something about like you know working for this period of time and then suddenly there's this culmination event. Yeah. I think that's really important. Yeah. And um, that. He's like, <laughs> if you, if you, we're gonna
0: hear like the dog papoose, like
1: the
0: whole.
1: What's the <laughs> what no. Did your mom come? Um. Yes, she did come. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that was you know that was a weird period because my dad had just yeah. passed. Mm-hmm. But I think you know she and my mom has already passed too. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe somewhere in, in the back of her brain, she goes, oh, maybe this is not about scrapbooking. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all, it was also important that way. And I also think like the reach of uh, Penn, it also put my name because you know, I was announced in places and things that I was associated with a very legit organization yeah. as a writer. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So tell me about the project that you worked on in Evie, I feel like there was like something about
1: secret, or what was in the title? Oh, yeah, I was working on my manuscript. Yeah, what was your manuscript? Um, called uh, Safe Houses. Safe Houses. Okay. Yeah, so I released uh, a chapbook a couple of years before called Safe Houses. So I kind of carried that over. I wanted a full-length poetry manuscript with the same title, mm-hmm. but including that I've written since okay. and so I used uh, the the Evie time mm-hmm. to work to polish those poems okay. and um, yeah so I had this collection that didn't see the light of day until 25 years later but right. it was really important because I mean okay with uh, the fellowship you know uh, there were things workshop through different writers uh, instructor yeah. type writers yeah. And, um, so yeah, so that's the space where it got workshopped. And right. It's like you planted the it.
0: seed, kind of, and it doesn't, we don't know how long it's going to take for the tree to grow. Yeah. <laughs> so talk about, actually tell me your, your best memory from Emerging Voices.
1: You know, I have to say it would be my meetings with Maricela. Yeah. Um, she's just such a good soul. Yeah. You know, so... Uh, she always had a smile, and I believe we had an event where she also read. I think they also had the mentor mentor's read. that's a good idea. Yeah, and um, she's just amazing. And again, I'm gonna refer back to the meeting I had with her at Mocha, yeah. where when, mm-hmm. where she worked, and just like the camaraderie, and then you know the support, and then the excitement for me right. to do it. Yeah. That's so important. Like somebody, because you had somebody, you know, um, who you knew was going to like watch out for you and yeah, that kind of thing. I had the similar
0: experience cuz I come from like blue collar people, you know, mm-hmm. like my dad is a crane operator and my mom w- worked at a store Where? and it was like in Canada. Oh. So, it was like writing was a hobby, like it was right. like you have to take math and science because that's how you get a job and I was very much like I don't know what that means. So to have these people in your life that mm-hmm. believe in you and look mm-hmm. at you as a colleague and you yes. see how they're m- making a life right. out of their creative creative juices or their spark is really amazing yes yeah
1: it's it's important I think yeah and um I mean I had a community one thing too that was really important is that I had my community of Asian American Filipino American writers yeah which is so important to me but I also knew I um that it was important to connect with the larger yeah. uh, writer of col- writers of color mm-hmm. community, or yeah. poets of color, yeah. and so that it was important for me to also hear feedback from um, so many non-Asian American, non-Philippine mm-hmm. American, and see how my work, you know, reaches out to different minds and you know perspectives, and so having Maricela be that person. Mm-hmm was a good thing yeah it was it, it helped my writing it helped uh, kind of it helped create kind of like a larger I don't know I don't know how you say it but like a larger perspective for yeah. my writing yeah yeah
0: yeah so who are your favorite local or your LA poets of color or not your favorite so that's not fair Name some good ones.
1: Yes. Okay. I think Liz Gonzalez. Okay. And I think
0: Nancy. Nancy Wu.
1: Yes. Oh, I love it. Yeah.
0: She's a wonderful human being. Amazing
1: reader and writer. Um,
0: Her performance is the bomb. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I've only seen her read once, and I was like floored. Yeah. I'm like, who's she? Yeah. And actually, I saw her read in a in a reading that. Uptown that Liz Gonzalez put together in Long Beach. Great. So, yeah. And then um, I really like AK Tony. Yeah. Who was, I'm hoping. Maybe a fellow before same, you. Maybe same the same year. year. As mine. Um, and uh, let's see, local. Are you still in touch with AK Tony? You know through Facebook. Yeah. The mighty hand of mm-hmm. Facebook. Totally. Yeah, we reconnected maybe, I don't know, two years ago. Okay. And he, you know, he's still doing his thing. I yeah. see announcements of things that he's doing in, in his community. Yeah, great. So yeah. Um, yeah, so that's some and who else? I have their books there.
0: I won't put you on the spot any more than I already have. So <laughs> tell me, so you graduated potentially two thousand one, potentially two thousand from the Evie Fellowship. Yes. So your collection was published in two thousand seventeen. <laughs> so tell me what you did in that 16 or 17 year span
1: yeah I mean, it doesn't uh,
0: just have to be about writing like what happened with irene
1: um irene continued uh putting together events mm-hmm. uh literary events you know i think that's uh one way i really i always uh see writing not just as a solitary act but it also i i always made sure that it was about community and mm-hmm. giving back. Mm-hmm. And so a part of that was for me, for me, was to make sure other writers in my community, in the Asian Pacific American or the Philippine American community, um, would get the opportunity to read out in the world. Right, And so I continued putting together events. Mm-hmm. And um, also, yeah, so I, uh, I've been in UCLA for 20 Twenty years. Mm. So I was working in UCLA when I got the fellowship, and I continued Doing what? on. Um, I was um, the office. I was first a curriculum um, person for the Asian American Studies okay. uh, Center. Oh, so that's how you department. know TK. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And now I'm the office manager for the uh, for the center. Okay. And I've just stayed there and done many things with the Asian American community through. Projects related to my work, mm-hmm. and um, I actually for a time uh, stopped writing.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> um, why got, do you
0: Why do you think that was?
1: I think uh, not so great relationships yeah. that consumed me, okay. and so the writing, personal relationships. Yeah, personal okay. relationships. So it took me away from my writing, and um, I actually gave up on getting published. Okay. I'm like. I don't know, it reached a point where I'm like, eh, you know, I wrote some poems back then, and they're there, and, but no. Did it stop being, like, did you stop feeling like it was
0: important, or what do you think it was?
1: I I don't know. It's like a
0: therapy session. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, I think I was just so consumed with other things yeah. going on mm-hmm. in my life, mm-hmm. that it, there was no room to think about writing. Mm-hmm. Which, to me, is a bad sign. Mm-hmm. Because I really... <laughs> is he falling asleep? Papu is falling asleep. Oh, asleep. am I boring, Anyway, He woke up. He woke up. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so...
0: So when you say that you put it aside, because I think all writers do this, like... Do you put it aside and it's gone or do you put it aside and there's this undercurrent of like something missing or something yes. kind of like Second, it's, yeah,
1: there, there was always something missing and there was always something not, right unease. With me.
0: yeah, there's yes. a sense of unease.
1: That there's something that I'm not finishing or pursuing or paying attention to. And, um, so Luckily, people in the community still remembered that I read, po- I mean, that I wrote, wrote poetry yeah. and would invite me to read. Mm-hmm. And so anytime I would go into the community to read, I would get reminded like, oh,
0: that's this right. This is the thing. Yeah. This is
1: what's missing. And, um, and so finally I'm like, you know what? I turned 50 this year. Oh, wait, we're not in 2019 yet. Yeah. I turn 50 next year yeah. in May. yeah. And I told myself, okay, before you hit fifty, you gotta get this shit
0: out. Mm-hmm. You can say shit. As well. Okay, yay! Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> but anyway, I go, you gotta get this out. Yeah. And so I did. Yeah. I rallied and I got it out.
0: Yeah. So when we met in person, it was at the Filipino Community Center, and yes. it was for your book launch yes. for um, Primates of the Archipelago, um, and I'm going to read. The synopsis in the cinematic collection of poetry irene suiko soriano did i say it right that time (laughs) unravels threads of silence and oppression primates from an archipelago traces lineages on geographic and personal islands where memories and dreams are synonymous balanced with official documentation such as passports birth and death certificates and membership cards the poems also speak the languages of uncertainties and multiple truths Ooh, we read this one Yes. She's she's chosen one. She's holding a baby with four <laughs> legs.
1: a, f- and a little fat. A
0: little papu. Okay,
1: so you go right here. like put a blanket on top of you <laughs> so that you don't come back to mama. Lie down, please. Thank you.
0: And this event was, you had like vegan Filipino food. Yeah. And was there's was performers. The Pol- yeah, the Pol- Filipino Worker
1: Center. Yeah. And um, this is uh, a center that serves uh, working Filipino-Americans um, in the Los Angeles area. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were so great to give me the space. Okay. And um, I invited Filipino uh, vegan caterers because I don't eat animals. Yeah. I saved them. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Food was amazing. Yeah. Great. Um, and then I also invited um, some emerging mm-hmm. um, artists. Uh, two of them were emerging. Mm-hmm. The, the other one wasn't. Um, he was pretty established was a musician, yeah. Jonathan Saxon. Yeah. But um, I invited Nika Aquino, a, a, you know, up-and-coming photographer, just graduated from art school. And then Tina um, Ford, who came down from San Francisco. She's an emerging choreographer. And I wanted to give them the opportunity to, you know, show their yeah. uh, wonderful art. And so I always believe that it's not just about the writer. Yeah. You know, you if there's an opportunity to spread the word or spread the joy yeah. um and the audience, yeah, do it.
0: Do you think it's so that's the reason that you would have like performative arts and Mm -hmm. like dance and music and you know perhaps like visual some other form of visual arts plus the writing right do you think that's always where you get the most success when it comes to an event to event planning because you really do a lot of event planning
1: I do yeah and um I think it's more interesting for an audience I think like thinking that oh you know they're um that they're gonna come and listen to my poetry that's good for certain things but I think it's more exciting to include a lot of other I totally things, agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, to sit there and listen to spoken word, if it's not performative, it can get really difficult. Yeah. 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 At times. So it's nice to break it up a little bit.
0: Yeah. I yeah. love it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay, what do you got? Okay, so I'm going to read one of my um, animal poems. And this is uh, intertwined with the idea of being at jobs that you hate. Love it.
0: I'm not saying anything about pen. <laughs> I'm not saying anything about... You say like <laughs> you're like.
1: Okay. Breathe. The capitalist whirr. I see you, lady, crouching behind the cash register with your worried face. You remind me that I too sit behind a desk, but with my back straight, vision locked to a computer screen, staring at letters and numbers that hold no importance for me. What my superior does not see when she turns her head back is the secret I protect inside the middle of my stomach. Unrevealed, the weight of it makes me crouch just like you. We spend hours in rooms where we are told that rules are in place. Smiles we paste every day are a momentary nicety that keeps all secrets safe. I want to share with you the secret I keep in my belly, The one I tell my animals when I get home each night. It is like being strangled and the last ounce of air left inside. Your chest being choked out slowly, slowly, tight and tighter than always, quickly released. This, repeated a thousand times a day. No one allowed respite or exit. These cubicles, like little torture chambers, reshaped from another era, now refashioned nightmares. But still, but still, we dream of oxygen tanks by the thousands.
0: I love it. It's beautiful. So
1: this is actually about a job I hated. Okay. Um, being an animal rights person, I, I don't know what happened, but I ended up in... Um, a medical facility in UCLA (laughs) that did animal experimentation and so that was like the most challenging six months of my life but I got out and I'm glad I did but um uh so that that was in that poem was inspired by the by the grief and Torture I
0: went through for six months. I bet. Yes. Yeah. And also, it makes me think of that—that that feeling of like having the work inside you and not honoring the work and not writing and. Yes. You know. Yes. So, what was the path to this collection? So, how did it come to fruition? You decided you were going to start writing again, and then what happened?
1: Well, no. So um, <laughs> I. No. Nope. So I. Uh, I am um, an MA creative writing dropout. Okay. So I went through the, the whole program at LMU, but okay. never took the uh, the orals. Okay. And, um, but what came out of that was um, a manuscript. Okay. So I had a bunch of poems that was sitting, you know, for many years. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, my chapbook came out, and there's some of the poems there. Mm-hmm and then uh I wrote more poems and then finally I had this really hefty collection and um so my um sis, my best friend okay. okay um went through the program at UCLA and that's how I met her. Okay. Um she always she always wanted to um open a publishing um outfit And so she did later in life. And then one of the things she always told me was, I mean, when are you getting published? When are you publishing? And Mm -hmm. I'm like, eh. (laughs) And I'm like, she's like, you have a manuscript. Why don't you, like, submit it? Submit it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, eh. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, there there were moments in time where I was like, oh, look, I have a collection. Let me uh, put it all together and submit. Mm -hmm. Never did. Um,
0: what do you think that's about?
1: You know, it would be so easy to say that I was afraid. Mm-hmm. I wasn't afraid. I didn't care. Interesting. Yeah, and um, one of the things, uh, one of the things that I was thinking about too is like, you know what? I mean, what if I self publish? Because I want to have a say on the cover. Right. I want to, you know, I want to uh, have a say on what gets in there and how it looks. So that would hit me in the head, and but I still didn't do it. Yeah. I just didn't do it. And um, I just didn't care. And that's yeah. very scary. Yeah. Because it, it probably points to a really difficult time or things I was encountering in my personal life at that time. Okay. So of course, the things that are important to you put aside. Yeah. And so I think that's what that's from. And then finally, uh, I came to this point where, like, you're turning 50. You really should put out this collection. You have enough poems. You have people that look forward to hearing you read. Mm-hmm. Do it. And so I did. And um, so when, uh, my, when my friend said, OK, do you have something? And then I don't. Uh, she goes, yes, you do. Uh, shape that up and I will publish it. And I'm like, okay. And i was dragging my heels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To, I already had somebody interested. Yeah. I'm like, okay. It took a year. Yeah. yeah it took a year. Took and, a
0: year for you to get the poems to her? Yes. Okay.
1: And and I would like dread her emails. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, get away yeah. from me. Yeah. But um I got it done. She's an amazing editor. Yeah. You know, she she comes out of the MFA in um uh university ubc okay and um she whatever did her magic and then the collection happened and i was super excited so did
0: you get to decide you're on your cover um, oh yes i did i did
1: um so the cover is a painting um uh, a watercolor painting that um this amazing transgender filipina american transgender artist tala mateo and, um, you know, I, I went to her. I said, hey, you know what? Let's collaborate. Why don't you create something for my cover? And we talk about things and stuff. And then I, she had her own process, but she had this picture of her, her family, I think, in the, in the airport, in front of the airport in Manila. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so it was, you know, it was an immigrant visual representation right that was so um that was so it was perfect for my collection right and so she painted it and she showed it to me and I was like amazing yeah and this is it yeah so yeah and um that's Tala when she was Oliver in the cover she was a baby oh my goodness and that's her dad mom and aunt um and she's very interesting because in the cover too, she, uh, you know, the title is Archipelago for an Archipelago. She has the different archipelagos um,
0: in like the watercolor. Yeah, in the watercolor. Wow.
1: So she has um, Guam in there. She has like different like kind of bodies. Yeah. Archipelago bodies, like, but it's not clear in the thing. But when she told me, I'm like, woo, no, you're amazing. Yeah, yeah. 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 So.
0: What do you think about, um, like, writing Destiny? Like, the idea that, you know, if like, it falls into place. Like, it feels kind of like that's kind of what happened for you. Mm-hmm. It's like it falls into place and it takes as long as it takes and, like, stars align and that idea. What do you think about that and how important that is or not important mm-hmm. for a writer's life?
1: So, I do believe... In the right timing. Mm -hmm. Um, I also believe that things come together in its own time. Yeah. And so most probably my manuscript was supposed to um, get done in my late 40s early 50s. Mm -hmm. Um, For a long time I thought like I was being a failure for not, um, you know, grabbing the, the opportunity of publishing early. Mm-hmm. But I think I needed time for certain poems to be written still. Mm-hmm. And true enough, there are poems in here that would not have been written back, of course, right. yeah. back then. Yeah. But that I'm so happy is part of the collection now. Right. So...
0: What do you think about, you know, our fascination with young writers and lists like the 30 under 30 and, like, what do you... Like, to me, I kind of feel like we need that wealth of experience that age brings us to really kind of make the work sing a lot of times. Yeah, I
1: mean, I feel like lists like that are marketing... Mm -hmm. or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean I do believe though that you know young or old or you know teen or geriatric (laughs) I know
0: it's going to be my (laughs) word
1: too (laughs) Um, a certain reality is very um, present and um, needs to be written about and it holds you know t- importance the moment it's written at whatever stage the writer is in right so i don't believe in those lists yeah and i hate those lists yeah me too um but you know publishing is an industry poetry fiction whatever there needs to be these you know things to To guide writers, uh, not writers. I'm sorry. To guide the audience, right? Right. Okay. So, um, to uh, guide sales or to guide, you know, whatever marketing strategies. Right. So it's there, but you know, whatever way you find a writer, it's pretty amazing. And if if it's through that. Good for you. Right. But if it's through more organic, natural, like, oh, I came across this thing or I heard this person read, even better.
0: Yeah. yeah. Why do you think emerging voices is important?
1: I think it's important because um, I think people need to realize that emerging voices need their support and so um creating uh this avenue to wait okay that. okay so
0: <laughs> I, i'm not just like, cut like okay yeah, yeah no go okay
1: so i think emerging voices is important because emerging voices need support and um creating a way for them to get mentorship, to get an audience, to get do you still get do they still get monetary support?
0: Yeah. Oh, they're okay. actually this year and next year they're getting two thousand instead of a thousand. Wow. And we're actually working on trying to like that's the goal is to keep increasing that second yes. amount so that we can be viable on a national level.
1: Amazing. That's is good. Yeah. Um, if anything, to buy books that you otherwise would not be able to afford. Right. Um, or to pay for that workshop mm-hmm. that you want that you know will help your mm-hmm. writing. I mean things like that. Um also, you know, uh, providing do you still have fellows read at the festival of books?
0: We don't do the festival of books anymore. I think my year was the last year in twenty twelve because we had I think there was, like, three people in the audience. Oh, so
1: sad. Yeah, so
0: we are, we still do the welcome party. The welcome party's at yes. LACE, which is right, uh, Los Angeles contemporary exhibit on, on Hollywood Boulevard, which is, like, the most amazing venue, yes, and yes. they do an emerging artist exhibit. It yeah. just happens to coincide, so it's this perfect kind mm-hmm. of, like, symbiotic yeah. situation, and then we have the public reading, the mid-program reading, which, um, spoiler alert, it's gonna be at the Virgil this year, <laughs> which it has traditionally been at the hotel cafe. Okay. So we're just kind of working on what that's gonna look like and doing a format change. And then we're gonna go back to the hammer for two thousand and nineteen <gasps> for the final reading.
1: That's so we're going wild Oh great. So exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, for writers who may not be as um well known. Not so much well known, but not as um, uh, exposed yeah. to kind of the the reading portion of being a poet, yeah, yeah, yeah. or even the yeah. other genres. Yeah. Um. The the you know the fellowship yeah. provides this opportunity to get you out there because I think you know if you don't know I mean the truth is if you don't know the right people you're not going to get into these readings. Exactly. So I think things are set up for them already. It gets them into the scene. It gets their names out there. And that's why it's important. So for people who, you know, okay, you know, the stereotype, writing is solitary. So if you don't know the moving pieces around a writing life, Mm -hmm. your writing will not get as far as it can, as, how do you say, as it could, yeah. It, yeah. it won't go as far as it could. It's good to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think that's what the program provides. Okay, yeah. Kind of like the legs
0: yeah. to your the career. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think the moving pieces are for a writer's life? What have they been for you? Because I think they're different for everybody. Kind yes, of. Yeah.
1: for me, it's building a community. Yeah. Um, when, I, when I got out of my um, BA in creative writing poetry yeah. from LMU, I had the tools, I had, you know, four years of, well actually three years yeah. of the English department from LMU, but when I got out there, I was looking for community. I knew that I was, uh, there was a type of writing that I was not hitting, hitting up on yet, and I knew it was writing about my community, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and so I searched, and I found Filipino-American writers, and that really just set me, uh, not just Filipino-American, but writers of color, and that just got me on the road to everything I wanted to write about, people I wanted to talk to, people I could learn from, and um, that was important.
0: I think, too, it's, like, something else that Evie provides is, like, you become a focal point. Like, the fellows, the alumni, when they come out of the fellowship, they become a focal point for community. Yes. So it's, like, it, it, it is, like, this heart, this beating heart, and then you you are the arteries and the veins. Like, yes. Nancy is a perfect example. Like, she's created this community in Long Beach. Yes. And, like, like she loves Long Beach. That's yes. where she wants to be. And she's, you know, she's part of this vibrant literary scene in long beach and i think that we're able to do that and that's kind of the goal last year we had ron dowell who is uh, has lived his whole life in compton and it's like he's taking programming he went to local libraries and right. he had readings and workshops and it's like that's the goal too right. is to right. like we kind of like go out and multiply almost like a virus to yes. some extent but in a good way yes you know good virus yeah
1: <laughs> so tell me
0: you know what is a poet
1: uh, a poet is, I know, let me look at my Instagram because my Instagram, <laughs> uh, the little bio on my Instagram is what I believe uh, I do as a poet. Okay. So it says, okay, so my Instagram says that, unbelievable, it's not even on <laughs> okay, here, logging in is Archipelago Poem. Hold on, it's logging in. Okay, so what I do as a poet is. What? It's not on here. It was! Anyway, I. Um, you don't Unbelievable. I must have changed it. But it's bringing to light um, stories of. Uh, stories that otherwise would not be. Talked about, shown, discussed, or paid attention to. Okay, that's what you think it is. Okay, and then how do you,
0: how do you make, like, what is a poet's life? Like, how do you make it work? Like, what does that mean?
1: Okay, so I'm not uh, an MFA uh, professor poet. Yeah. So what I, what I do is I have my um, A job that pays for everything to make me live yes and then on the weekends or after work I involve myself in a writer's community mm-hmm. I put together readings I help other poets um, put together events for themselves mm-hmm. um, I
0: what are let's give a shout out to uh, some of the readings that you've put together or poets that you've helped
1: uh, stuff
0: that's upcoming
1: yeah well I mean I think uh, an example is when I'm interviewed. I mention people's names yeah. so that they get out there. Yeah. Um, uh, I remember when I did the L.A. Times. Uh, w- when I got that L.A. Times um, uh, feature, yeah. Because I did uh, uh, World Beyond the World Beyond Poetry Festival. Mm-hmm. I made sure that I included an uh, event up and coming. Um, uh, poet and performance artist Allison de La Cruz and I said that she was queer mm. I made sure like all the the stuff was out there and her name got out there. So mm. that was good okay. um, Recently I um, uh, I put together an all Filipino American uh, poet uh, Reading by uh, uh, For Lit Pasadena. Okay, so that was a good one and I got all these. oh things. I saw you I saw you there
0: yeah, because I was on the MFA panel. All oh, right, Pedro yeah, Cruz was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So I mean, I was uh, I was so glad to be able to bring this amazing poet from Palm Springs um, down to LA, and um, let's see what else. Uh, what do you have coming? Up? Is anything coming up? It's
0: Christmas time, so it's fine. I yeah, yeah There's nothing
1: yeah. there, uh, but I, I I'm doing a. There's a conference happening in San Diego and I'm in a I'm in a, a panel for writers of color. Okay. Sorry, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah. It's so lot, that's lot happening in March. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure I have things happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like it's, it's you're constantly like mixing things up. You're always yes. in the mix. I totally I see that about you. So what is you what advice do you have for writers of colour, poets of colour, poets in general, like is it to always be promoting each other and to be holding each other up and?
1: Yes, definitely. Find your community, help your community, mm-hmm. whatever your community is—queer, yeah. writers, yeah. color. Right. Bleh, yeah. You know. Um.
0: Uh. But also to read outside of your community.
1: Yes. I think. Yes, um, and all, and also when you put together events to bring other people from different communities. I love that into idea. Into your events. Yeah. Um, it, it really kind of shakes it up, and it's amazing. When I did Lambda Lit Fest, mm-hmm. you know I had Juby? Yeah. I put that uh, I put that reading together with TK, mm-hmm. and we had Juby. Okay, we have to
0: stop for a second. So, Juby was a, was a Poetry Fellow in 2018. Yes. TK is going to be a Fellow in 2019. Yes, and we're so mm-hmm. happy. And yeah. then Muriel
1: is Muriel Miriam Leone? Gerba? Leon. Oh, no. Is she a pen? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're all from different, you know, yeah. uh, groups and communities. Yeah. But we all read, and it was amazing, and we loved it, yeah. and um, people loved it, too. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's better. Well, I also leave. think it's
0: important, too, to be a good performer mm-hmm. because you want – it doesn't matter how good the writing is, if you're not engaging – as a reader, mm-hmm. like you, obviously have this like wonderful presence, and people want to be around you. And I feel the same way about Juby. And I don't really know TK yet, so I'm I'm assuming that's probably a similar kind of feeling. Um. So, <laughs> so don't you think like I think a, a a good piece of advice for poets is to like learn how to read your
1: poetry. Yes, I definitely think that you have to search out poets that you find engaging Mm -hmm. and then dialogue with them and you know observe and if they're able to do a one-on-one with you like listen to you read and give you pointers do it
0: don't be afraid to ask them. no not at
1: all and if they're cool people they they will put aside that time for you and so that's going back to to like helping your community if you see um uh poets out there like um that, that needs some help, like, all, I always offer, and I don't, not, not in a, like, condescending way Like, hey, you need my help, not like that, (laughs) it's like, I'm here, if you need anything, yeah, my door's open, yes, yeah, um, it's really important, because some people, uh, some poets may just be really shy, or, some, some even think, like, oh, you won't help me, why would you help me, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna help you, the hell, you know, um, and, it's just it's it's amazing to um, what's what's the phrase push each other or lift each other up, lift each other so up. That? It yeah. really is yeah. because yeah. you know I mean you know it's just it's a, an amazing feeling and you're doing a lot for your community and you're doing a lot for poets and poetry. Well, I also
0: think there's like this feeling that there, you know, there's only room for one, which I don't (laughs) think is fair, you know, especially when you're looking at, um, immigrant communities or...
1: Or one to feature. Yeah. There's only... one invited all the time. And that's just so ridiculous
0: to me because that's not true and we all have our own voices and it doesn't matter where we're from and there can be a thousand of
1: us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um... So, do you have any workshops or classes or contests that you recommend to poets who are starting out?
1: Yeah, you know, one one that I never applied to and I wish I had uh, was the VONA. Mm-hmm. The VONA voices, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, um, there's, you know, for uh, Asian American writers, there's Kundiman mm-hmm. and there's. Uh, what was the other one? Isn't it an Asian
0: American Writers Asian Workshop? Asian American Writers mm-hmm.
1: Workshop in New York. Mm-hmm. You know they have different things, and uh, there's a bunch of stuff actually out there which didn't exist yeah. back when I started. So I'm really happy about that. But I think you know that's where you know engaging with other poets. It's like talk and yeah. discuss, and you know the thing. Uh, what is that thing that Sochi does? Writers that submit. Women Who Submit. Oh, uh, Women Who yeah. Submit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good thing yeah. to be involved mm-hmm. in, and that's free, Yeah, you know, and you yeah. just go, and, yeah. um, a lot of things.
0: So, what, what's up with Irene? Is there going to be another collection? I
1: don't know. Are you, are you writing new stuff, or not? I am. Yeah. Actually, I am, but, um, <laughs> it's funny, like, I, I feel like I pushed my one child out, Yeah, and, I'm thinking right now that I'm a one-child person, yeah. <laughs> you know, like there's people who yes. have, I'll have five children, you got and your I'll have side. one child, yeah. right now I'm a one-child okay. person. Yeah. Um, because there's, you know, other things that also interest me, and I don't want to be uh, cornered into, you know, being forced to do something because, oh, you have one book now, to, you know, put out another book. Yeah. Like, no, I'm going to do what I want.
0: Were you like a rebel kid?
1: Yes. Yeah. Very much so, Um, and you can, yeah, RIP parents, they will tell you yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. oh my God, I love it.
1: Okay, so I want you
0: to talk to me about, we were talking about your website, so I think one of the issues that I have with Emerging Voices, because there's 146 fellows, and I think we've lost two or three have have are no longer with us yeah um and we can talk about this after because i'll have to go back to the sheet to look but um one thing that i've noticed is like it's sometimes hard to find fellows like going back you know 20 is we're going into our 23rd mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. so talk to me about your website how important do you think it is to have somewhere especially for poets for people to find you and to maybe see your work and see what's coming up for you and for writers in general not just poets yeah and tell me about that tell me about why your website is the bane of your existence <laughs>
1: <Gosh>. <laughs> because <laughs> because I'm too cheap to hire someone yeah. to do my website totally. but I but also it's a part of me that says you know you can do this yeah and you don't have to hire somebody maybe that's what keeps me there but anyway yeah. um, I think it's really important to have a website because when uh, you get invited or invited to readings it's one way to um, shorten, like, the communic- the communication part of, like, can we get your bio, can we get your picture, can we do this, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. this. So just say, go to my website, it's all there. Yeah. So that's less stress for you. And also, when you meet people mm-hmm. um, and they're saying, oh, you know, that's really interesting, uh, you, you're very interesting, I'd like to know more about you, irinesumikosuriana.com. Yay! Yeah. You know? Um, so it, it generally makes life uh, easier for a writer yeah. to have a website. And um, it's just something I really need to finish. And my goal is to have my website up by January 1st, 2019.
0: Oh, my God, girl. So, Wix. Have you looked at Wix? I did.
1: I tried Wix, and it's a little complicated for me. I think I'm going to do Bluehost. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, Wix, yeah. But But I'm, I'm going to hold you to this. Like, I'm yes, very serious. No, for sure. But I'm so particular that um, it has to look a certain way. So, that's why it's taken me forever.
0: Okay, so Bluehost is what you're going to use.
1: I think that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Because there so use Wix. there's Because their templates okay. are, are a lot they're more the style i want to use okay yeah okay so
0: 2019 january 2019 yes Uh that's like in less than a month yeah it's gonna get done okay
1: that's one thing good about working at ucla you get a week
0: off okay so what is the, the website is going to be your name
1: my name i yeah. okay i own that i own that oh
0: that's so you're so lucky do you yes. know there's so many Amanda Fletchers? There's yes. like some woman writing like erotica <laughs> that's Amanda Fletcher that I think has my name. So I can't have that. So what are you going to do? I have amandafletcher.me. Oh, so I used Wix and that was okay, available. Right, so I did
1: that. Right.
0: But yeah, I think that. that I think right. Do you have a middle uh, initial? Uh, I just use Amanda Fletcher. Uh, I don't know. Okay. I'll use it if I need to. But right. what I also just found out is like, so my name is Amanda Ellen Ruth Fletcher.
1: Oh, my God. And
0: apparently there's a song from, like, the 60s that's Amanda Ruth. Oh, cute. Isn't that crazy? How
1: did I not know this? Can that song be playing when you open your website? Oh, my God. I'm going to try. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I'm probably – I don't have the money to pay for Amanda <laughs> oh, Ruth song, right, right? that's right. That's right. Okay, so I just wanted to bring that up because I really do think that's something that's important and that's a tool for writers. Like, you have to have yeah. a fucking website. Yeah, yeah. Like, you do. Yeah. And I'm yelling at you, but I'm also telling the people yeah, that are right. listening. Yeah. Future yeah. Future and
1: past. Yeah And also, I think, you know, not all poets are, you know, effusive and social and, you know, uh, public. Not like
0: you, is what you're saying. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. And
1: I know some that are more kind of quiet. Yeah. You know, for them, that cuts the whole, like, can I I know more about you? Like, oh, yeah, you can visit my website and it can end there. Yeah. You don't have to, like, oh, I did this then and then. So it helps you too yeah. for whatever personality type you are. Yeah, yeah. and good
0: author photos also very yes. important. Yes, yeah. oh my
1: gosh.
0: Uh, we're uh, gonna try to we're gonna try to do some of those this year too for alumni. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. I think we're like, gonna try to do a day where alumni can come in and get a photo taken or a couple. That's great. Yeah. Okay, well, this is a perfect way to wrap up, I think, and we do for every episode, I know this is only number seven, but so far. I love it. Yeah, we have closed with a writing exercise or a prompt of some sort, mm-hmm. so I have asked you to close out with a prompt of your choosing. Yay. Or exercise, so tell us what it is.
1: Okay, so this prompt I call when I was 10 years old. So, I'm just going read what I wrote. Okay. Think back to when you were 10 years old, what did your 10 year old room look like? Visualize what it looks like. What was to your left? What was to your right? What was in front of you as you entered the room? What did it smell like? Is it dark? Is it light? Were the windows closed? Were there any windows? Right. I love it. What did your
0: 10 year old room look
1: like? It was, I come from an upper middle class family in the Philippines, Mm -hmm. so it was full of toys. Mm -hmm. It was a nice room. It was pink. Oh my god, mine was pink. (laughs) And it had two beds, and um, it was, it was an interesting, it was a beautiful room. that had a very complicated little girl that slept there who had a very complicated family. I love it. I mean, thank you so much. Thank you. I loved it. Thank you. (laughs) You are
0: such a joy to be around. (laughs) And everyone needs to pick up their copy of Primates from an Archipelago. Yes. So where are they going to get this?
1: So it's on Amazon.com. And then it's also at Beyond Baroque Mm -hmm. and um, other books. And other places. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yay. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yay. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: America champions the freedom to write and believes that freedom of expression and literature are inseparable. Visit Penn.org to learn more about what we do. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Join us. Be a part of the larger conversation. Support for EV comes from sources both big and small. Serious financial support comes from organizations like the Amazon Literary Partnership, California Arts Council, New Balloon and Catapult, Los Angeles County Arts Commission, the Ovation Foundation, Pasadena Literary Alliance, the Rosenthal Family Foundation, and UCLA Extension Writers Program. And let's not forget individuals like Jamie and David Wolfe. We appreciate you. To the emerging voices themselves, this podcast is in support of everything you do and everything you've accomplished. Congratulations. Congratulations. We celebrate you. Thanks to 2012 EV Johnny Alfie for giving us our theme song, Linen, from his band, Tony and Johnny. And to the members of the Los Angeles literary community who have been showing up for us for more than 20 years, donating their time as mentors, committee members, author evening hosts, and master class instructors, I have leaned on each and every one of you for advice, and I appreciate you. You've been there to answer my questions, those of the fellows, as well as the questions of prospective applicants. You've written letters of recommendation, introductions, outreach essays, and blog posts. You've encouraged EVs to read at your events and said yes when we've asked you to read at ours. And to Dave Thomas, everything we know about public speaking, we learned from you. This is all just to say, thanks LA, sincerely.